Welcome to the Morning Inspiration Podcast with Pastor Walt. At Chosen City Church, we are chosen to overcome, to build, and to be like Jesus. We pray that this podcast will empower you to do the same on today. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Thank you, God. Just thank you. Thank you for this chance. Thank you uh, for this moment. God, just thank you for this sacred space, God, where you continue to meet us uh, day by day. God, as we get closer uh, to the to the to the end of this uh, particular journey, God, I just need you to continue to speak clearly. I need you to speak thoroughly. I need you to speak powerfully, Lord. I need you to help us, God, so that we're changed, God, so that we're prepared, so that we're equipped for the assignment, for the task of hand. As we get closer, Father God, to uh, the the fact that uh, Easter is coming and we celebrate our you, uh, our Lord as our risen Savior, God, we just pray, God, that we just uh, continue to draw closer to you. God, we love you. We praise you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus. We pray together. Amen. 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 All right, family. This morning, uh, our scripture is coming out of Exodus, the uh, 14th chapter. Exodus, the uh, 14th chapter. Uh, We'll read verses uh, 10 uh, through um, um, uh, 14. Exodus 10, 14th chapter. Uh, verse 10 through 14. And reading from the New Living Translation, it reads as follows. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up in panic when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And I would just like to use as a subject for today, you brought us out here. Now what? With the question mark. You brought us out here. Now what? With the question mark. Uh, listen, this particular devotional is dedicated uh, to anyone uh, who has really taken on the chat charge, the assignment of, um, of, of, of doing something greater. Uh, there was a, a few weeks ago where we had a devotional and we called it no risk it, uh, no biscuit, right? <laughs> we 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 took that uh, from the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers uh, uh, former uh, head football coach, which reminds us that sometimes um, that we have to take risk. Uh, but sometimes we have to trust God, and where we can't trace Him, sometimes we have to be uh, bold enough to do what other people uh, won't do. And I challenge so many of you. Listen, what what risk are you going to take, right? So before I go any further, I'm curious how many people that I'm talking to, how many of you uh, at this moment, at this juncture, uh, recognize that there are some risks uh, that you have to take as it relates to the things that you are trying to accomplish. Uh, those risks could be of, uh, of, of any form or any fashion. For example, uh, sometimes you may have to uh, open up your heart uh, for love again, knowing full well the last time you did it, uh, you got hurt. But if you really want to be whole, if you really want to experience life uh, that God, the way God has called you to do it, 
uh, it may require you to take a risk, right? Uh, for example, we talked about the entrepreneur. Um, we talked about that individual who may not be satisfied just doing what they have been doing. And God is saying, uh, you know that there's something else required of you and it may require you to take a risk. For example, we talked about individuals that are in and that maybe God is calling to a new, new space in the ministry. And we talked about the fact that you may have to be vulnerable. You may have to open yourself up uh, to saying, um, "I will, I will use my gift uh, for you. I will do something in a new, uh, in a new way." Who are the risk takers in this season? I see I got one or two, but I need to hear from some more uh, before I feel comfortable going on. Is there anybody in this last? Hey, I see a few more hands coming up. Is there anybody over the last forty days that you realize that, that there is more that is required of you? If you have not realized that yet, I've done you a poor service. Uh, I've done a bad job for you. I want to see uh, if there anybody else that's saying that there's some risk uh, that you're going to have to take. And I believe that if you reflect every time that God puts something before you that is God-sized, we have to take a risk. Every time God puts something before you that you can't do by yourself, it's a risk. And I just want to encourage you, no risk it, uh, no biscuit. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that one if you have not gotten to the point that you've taken a risk. So I want to talk to you now about what happens, though, uh, when we take those risks. I have discovered, yes, we can talk a lot about taking the risk, but what happens when we get out there? What happens when we step out of the boat and we start to uh, sink. Uh, what happens when we go ahead and launch the business and we don't have uh, any any customers? What happens when we open up our heart uh, to love again and that and that's that new that new boost uh, start tripping <laughs> after a couple of weeks? What happens uh, when we find uh, a, a new a new church and all of a sudden, as soon as you get to the new church, you said I was going to try it one more time. And as soon as I got there, somebody started getting on my doggone nerves. Well. I want to happen. I want to bring you uh, to an individual today that helps us talk about an area um, that I think we need to talk about more. Uh, because when you go out and do what God has called you to do, when you go out and take a risk and open up yourself uh, to vulnerable attack, when you go out and take a risk and be daring and, and walk a mile uh, that other people won't walk, when you are willing to go on that road, let's travel. I want to remind you of something. Uh, on that road, there are going to be some rough patches. I want to remind you of something on that road, uh, there are going to be some people that talk about you. On that road, you're going to have the Moses experience. And that's where our text picks up and helps us today is that we look at our brother Moses. Moses is an individual and most of us are uh, familiar with uh, the story of Moses. Uh, but just in case you're not, I'll give you a super quick uh, uh, recap of Moses. Moses was an individual. Uh, he was he was he was born, um, you know, as a as a, as a slave. Uh, he should have uh, lived as a slave. Uh, but God had favor on his life from the very beginning because God was going to use him in a unique way. Uh, when it was ordered that the uh, all of the uh, males his age were to, were to be killed at the time that he was uh, born, uh, he was able to escape and he was able to be uh, raised in the household of his uh, or oppressor. That's the short version of the story. Uh, he goes on to be raised uh, by the Pharaoh's family himself. Uh, he goes on uh, to do great things um, until uh, it's always an until until he discovered his his kinfolk uh, being oppressed. Now again, the Pharaoh didn't really know that he was actually a um, a, a, a son of the of the slaves or the people that he had 
that he was oppressing. And so one day when Moses uh, sees his kinfolk get being oppressors, oppressed, his anger rises up in him. He strikes an Egyptian and kills him. And suddenly uh, he's on the run because now the word is out that Moses has killed an Egyptian. And the reason that Moses killed an Egyptian, because in reality, Moses was a slave himself. Can you imagine uh, being able to pass, if you will, as a, as an oppressor? But then as you are watching your own people be oppressed, you, you get to the point that you've stood all that you can stand and you can stand no more. And so Moses strikes the uh, Egyptian, kills him, and now he's on the run. And so he spends the first 40 years of his life uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the palace. In the next 40 years, he was spent in the wilderness. And I want to take a pause right here. Can I take a detour? So take a detour, Pastor Walt. It's amazing what God is about, has been doing in your entire life that prepares you for this one uh, amazing uh, moment. Uh, God was preparing Moses from the time he was born. And let me ask you guys a question. Do you feel that way about your life? Do you think God has been preparing you for something from the time that you were born? Do you feel like uh, God has been uh, working some things through you uh, from the time that you got here? Or do you feel like that was just for biblical characters? Do you feel like that's just for people that become famous? Or do you feel like that's just for people that get elected to high office? Or do you feel like that's for ordinary people? I don't know about you, but I feel like that's for ordinary people. I feel like that preparation is just for me. Somebody said a preparation is just for me. Say that out loud if you believe that the preparation is just for me. If you believe that out loud, that preparation is just for you, it makes you feel better. It makes you feel more encouraged about your situation. When you look over your journey and you see that God is doing a new thing. God is doing a special thing. God is working it out. He's forming you. He's shaping you in everything that you experience. It was just part of the preparation. I'm so glad that the preparation was just for me. I didn't realize that it was preparation at the time. Sometimes I thought that God forgot about me. Let's talk about it for real. You know what it feels like when God, you think that God has forgotten about you. And maybe in that particular moment, Moses thought that God had forgotten about him, but God was just preparing him for something greater. He spends 40 years in the palace learning how to be a, a, an administrator uh, because God had a call on his life. And wherever, wherever season you are in right now, I want you to take inventory of what you are learning because God can use it later. Moses was learning to be an administrator because God had a calling on him that will require him to use his administrative skills. So I'm going to say it again. Whatever season you are in, whatever job you have you don't like, whatever you may be going through that's getting on your nerves, whatever is frustrating you and keeping you up or, or at nighttime, what are you learning from it that perhaps God is going to use later on? Don't miss out on this season. So Moses, in the first 40 years, he learns to be an administrator. He spends the next 40 years um, um, hiding out, um, if you will, in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the wilderness. He starts a new family. He's forgot about his old life. He's trying to put the past behind him. But again, even in this season, God is using him in a unique way when he is living out in the wilderness, what he is learning now is how to be a how to survive in the wilderness because God has something up. Well, God has something for him. So now he's learning how uh, to, to, to be a shepherd. Now he's learning how to fight off dangerous animals. Now he's learning how to live off the land because in the palace, he didn't have to do all of those things. Why? Because he was he was living in the Pharaoh's house. So now he's learning how to survive in the wilderness. So he's got two skills that he's learned. He's learned how to be an administrator. Now he's learned how to survive in the wilderness. So now I want you to do the same. Look at your life over the last few years, maybe the last 10 years, 20 years, maybe the, uh, the, the first uh, 20 years ago, God had you to learn something. But now in the last 10, you're learning something else. God is up to something. I'm telling you, he's putting it all together. And so now 
another moment comes when, when God taps Moses on the shoulder and said, the reason that I allowed you to live 40 years as an administrator is because you were going to be leading people. You're going to be, you're going to be leading a whole, uh, a whole, my whole, uh, my whole kingdom. Uh, you're going to be leading all the people of Israel. And that's why I allowed you to be and learn how to be an administrator. The reason that you had to allow you to live in, 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 in 40 years in the wilderness by yourself is because guess what, Moses, you're going to have to learn and lead people um, through the wilderness. And so now, Moses, uh, I have uh, I've prepared you, I have equipped you, and I'm giving you everything that you need to go down uh, and to tell that old Pharaoh to let my people go. It's amazing when Moses accepted the call, uh, he made excuses. I see him as excuses. You may see him differently. Then Moses said, well, Lord, I, I'm not eloquent of speech. I can't talk to the uh, to the king. I can't talk to the Pharaoh. I found, I, I, I found, I found, I can't, I don't have what it takes. And, and that Moses, and God is amazing. He says, I'm going to send uh, Aaron with you. That's amazing about the call from, from the Lord God Almighty. And, but I have to ask myself this question. I wonder if Moses had to answer that question differently. If Moses had to say, okay, Lord, since you told me to go, I'll go. Since you told me to say, I'll say. I wonder if God would have blessed Moses uh, with, uh, with the gift of speech. Anybody ever thought about it that way? I'm glad he sent Aaron with him. And God, he said, if you're going to make that excuse, I'm going to take care of you. But I just want you to do, look at it from this perspective. If God calls you to do something, he's going to equip you accordingly. Yes, perhaps sending Aaron was part of the equipping. But what if Moses had just said, I'll do it. I think God would have touched his voice. I think God would have touched his tongue. I think he would have given Moses everything that he needs. So anyway, now Moses, he gives him Aaron and he also gives him this rod that he would be able to do a lot of miracles and signs to show the Pharaoh that God was king, that the, 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 the Lord Jehovah uh, was up to, that was ruling everything. And now he goes and he goes to the Pharaoh. And for the sake of time, um, you know what happens next. There's a back and forth, uh, amazing back and forth, make some good movies, but in the, the Bible is so much better than a movie. They has a back and forth between Moses and the Pharaoh, like you've never seen a back and forth before, where Moses shows up and demands uh, that the Pharaoh would let the people of God go. And every time uh, the Pharaoh would say no, uh, they would encounter a very a new plague. And I believe we would they would experience about seven plagues, or I'm not mistaken to the point where the pharaoh said fine you know what uh maybe it, it, there is some power here maybe the god of the people of israel is uh, in charge y'all take all y'all stuff take all everything y'all need and get out of here moses take your people take your plagues and leave here uh go and 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 do whatever it is that you gotta do well uh moses leads them to freedom and, and the people are celebrating and they're leaving but all of a sudden, um, uh, the Pharaoh is having some buyer's remorse, if you will. He 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 he, he looked he looked at what he signed up for to to allow all of these uh, uh, these uh, these the children of Israel to be free. And he comes to this moment. He said, "Man, I was tripping. Uh, how in the world? What have I done?" Is what he would say earlier in Exodus, the fourth chapter. And so now he's he's very angry with himself. He's angry with his people. He said, "Nah, we're not about to allow this free labor uh, to run 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 
while. We we have to be reminded that when an oppressor uh, has been used to uh, making money, when an oppressor has been used to uh, building sisters systems on the back of the oppressed, uh, when the uh, uh, oppressed uh, find freedom, at some point uh, the oppressor will probably have buyer's remorse. So shout out to anybody that know what it's like to be a part of an oppressed culture. Shout out, shout out to anybody that know what it's like to be oppressed. You have to be careful because one day the oppressor may look up and say, we shouldn't have given them uh, that freedom. We shouldn't have given them that equality. We shouldn't have given her a chance. We shouldn't have given him a chance. We should have given them a chance. Uh, I was tripping. My bad. Uh, we got to go back and get them. So, oh, listen, that's a word right there. I ain't going to mess with that too much, but I think y'all can read between the lines. Be careful when the oppressor has buyer's remorse. So all of a sudden, uh, they go and he got he gets on the chariots. He goes and gets uh, his best soldiers. He go and he uh, goes and he prepares his best warriors. And he decides that he's going to go back and he's going to bring those people back into captivity. He decides that he's going to go back and bring them uh, into bondage. And they start to chase after um, uh, the children of Israel. And as they are chasing after the children of Israel, God gives Moses an interesting command. You got to go back up to Exodus, the 14th chapter around verse one. Um, 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 God uh, told Moses, I need you to go and you make your go circle back around and make your camp by the sea. Wait a minute, God, do what? circle back around and make the camp by the sea. God, if we make our camp by the sea, that means the water is going to be behind, water is going to be in front of us and the enemy is going to be behind us. God says, I know what I'm doing, Moses. Go ahead, circle back around, make your camp by the sea. Yes, the, the sea is going to be in front of you. And yes, the uh, ocean is going to be, uh, be by, I mean, the army is going to be behind you and it's going to look like uh, to Pharaoh that you're, uh, that you're trapped. But somebody say, it's a setup. Somebody type that in, tell them it's a setup. Aren't you glad? that sometimes when God is about to do uh, a new thing that he fights our battles. Aren't you glad that God knows how to get vengeance like no other? Aren't you glad that sometimes God even knows how to set up some people? Somebody, if you ain't from the setup school, you from that new school, you like to say, it's a trap. Somebody tell Pharaoh, it's a trap. It's a trap. So all of a sudden, uh, uh, they are there. But guess what? Moses understands what God is doing. Uh, but guess who does not understand what God is doing? The people don't understand understand what God is doing. And that's kind of really where I want to hang my hat for a few minutes, y'all, because listen, um, as a as a leader, because we're all leaders, you are going out there and you're doing what God has called you to do. And it sometimes only makes sense to you as the leader. Uh, what do you do when it makes, it does not make sense to anyone else? What do you do when it does not make sense to your spouse? What do you do when it doesn't make sense to your children? What do you do when it doesn't make sense to your coworkers? What do you do when the people that you need to support you, when the people that you need to understand, you're just trying to do the best that you can. I need you to put yourself in Moses' shoes. Moses loved himself. He loved his people. He loved his family. There was no way that he was intentionally putting himself in harm's way. But to the people, in the eyes of the people, this move looked like a bad move, y'all. Can I ask you, have you ever been in a situation where you've done something and before 
before it was finalized, it looked to us other people like a bad move. Who want to be real with me today? Have you ever done anything and people start to look at you and say, you did this to us? This was your decision. Why did you move us to this city? It was your suggestion. Why did you take that job? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? That's what happened in the text. It gets to the point um, as they are by the sea. And now all the thing that the people can see is that the enemy is coming, but they have not heard what God said to Moses. They can see the enemy is coming, but they have not heard what God has said to Moses. Listen, there are times in this journey where God has spoken to you, but the people around you have not heard what thus saith the Lord. It's kind of like being a visionary. I, I heard recently several times, I've seen it, I said, I'm going to get it on a t-shirt, that when God gave you a, 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 a vision, uh, it wasn't a conference call. If we use today's uh, vernacular, when God gave you the vision, it wasn't a Zoom meeting. When, when God gave you a meeting, it wasn't a whole lot of people there. No, most of the time he gave it to you and you have the responsibility uh, to articulate that vision uh, at some point to someone else. And so Moses is in this situation where we get to around um, verse, um, what, what verse is it? Around um, verse 11, where the people are frustrated. They say this to Moses, uh, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there graves uh, for us in Egypt? Why have you done this to us? Why did you make us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen uh, while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be slaves in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Listen, I could cry. I could feel Moses' tears in this moment because some of you can feel that tears. Can y'all put yourself in Moses' shoes for real? Please think about it. All Moses was trying to do was to lead the people to a better life. All Moses was trying to do was to be obedient to God's will. Moses never said he was perfect. Moses never said he was not going to make some mistakes. All Moses, Moses was like, I was minding my business, but God spoke to me. And when God speaks to you, you can't, you get a case of the, I can't help it. Is there anybody else out there will acknowledge that all you're doing is what you know God spoke to you to do. And you get a, you just have a case of the, I can't help it. And in those moments when God speaks to you, those are some darkest moments. Why? Because he has not spoken to other people. And these are the moments where people are looking at you crazy. These are the moments when you are the most misunderstood. These are the moments where God, where the enemy, the enemy will use the very people that you are trying to help to hurt you. Can I say that again? These are the moments where the enemy will use the very people that you are trying to help to hurt you. It happens every day. It happens all of the time. And Moses is now under attack. Not only does he have the Pharaoh and the army coming after him, now he has the, the people that are questioning his leadership. I want to take you and give you about five seconds to think on that thing and rock in your chair right where you at. Just rock in your car seat and just start to hum right there. Anybody got a hum in their spirit? Because all you said, Lord, 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 I know what you're going through, Moses. My God, I'm just trying to lead the family. My God, I'm just trying to lead. I'm just trying to do what God has called me to do. I want better for my husband. I want better for my spouse. I'm just trying to do what God called me to do. And now I'm under attack. If I can't say a word, my God, I'll just wave my hand. Lord, I'm just imagining being Moses because now I'm frustrated. I'm crying. I'm, I'm like, I can't believe this. Maybe I should have left these people where they were because now the people have gotten to the place because they don't want to take any risks that they would rather die and be a slave. Let me tell y'all something. You would be amazed at the number of people that would rather struggle than get up and do something different. You'll be amazed at the number of people that have gotten comfortable in their mess.
mess, that have gotten comfortable in their misery. They have gotten comfortable in their dysfunction and they won't take a risk at all to change their situation around. And the more you try to help them to change their situation around, the more that you become the target of their attacks. The more that you try to help them for a new better, the more that you become the problem. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? We could have stayed as a slave. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? We just might as well go work for the master them. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? We didn't want to take no risk. We just wanted to be nothing and we were good with it. But I want to talk to you because Moses helps us today. Moses says this to us. He says a couple of things here. He, he, he tells them publicly. Moses has two conversations. He has a public conversation with the people. Exodus 14, verse 13. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians today, you see, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. That's the public conversation, which is very powerful. When I used to teach this, I thought all of the nugget was in the public conversation. And there's a great deal of nugget in the public conversation. For the sake of time, I won't unpack this like I want to. But you go read verse 15, 13 and 14, and you see how much meat is there. First of all, he, as always, he reminded people not to be afraid. Before we can do anything, if it has not become clear to you over these last 40 days, the first thing we have to do is cast out fear. So for you, if you don't mind, like to cast out any fear that you may have as you are being a leader and doing what God has called you to do. That's an ongoing and continuous pattern. Before we do anything, we have to cast out fear because if we're, if we're, if we fear uh, infects our faith, fear uh, infects our faith. So before we do anything, we got to cast out fear. After uh, we cast out uh, fear, uh, Moses tells them something else. He tells them to stand still and watch. Uh, that is so hard for us sometimes because when things are going on, uh, we want to solve it ourselves. But sometimes you have to stand still and watch. I'm preaching to myself and I hope I'm preaching to somebody else. There are some dumb things on purpose that God has said, this, this, too, this mountain is too big for you to move. This, this hill is too high for you to climb. This boulder is too heavy for you. I didn't want you to move it because I want the people to know that it was God. I want you in me to know that you didn't do it, that God did it. I need this boulder to be moved and I'm going to move it. So I need you to stand still and watch. And that's somebody got God. That's a word that the Lord has for somebody today. You just need to learn to stand still and watch. Who am I talking to today? And while you are standing still, that's when you learn to pray better. That's when you learn to fast uh, longer. That's when you learn to just trust him uh, like you had never trusted him before. God is saying to somebody this morning, stand still and watch, right? Stand still and watch is not a, a, a a call to inactivity. Stand still and watch is not to do what God has equipped you to do, but stand still and watch recognizes that there are some things that are beyond your control and you're not going to lose faith as God is moving. There are some things that are beyond your control. You're not going to let your head go down while God is moving. There are some things that are beyond your control and you're going to keep your head up. Keep your head up, sis. Keep your head up, bro, because you are standing still and watching. And he says, and he told them what God had told him that that on this day that the Lord was going to fight and they would never see the Egyptians again.
begin. And I want to remind you at some point, you have to be very clear and articulate as it relates to the vision that God is giving you. If you're going to give it to some, share it with other people. Shout out to Moses for, I thought Moses said he couldn't talk, but in this moment, he was very articulate and said that your enemy is about to be defeated. Can I tell you that today? I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. Your enemy is about to be defeated. That was a word for somebody. You came in, you've been dealing with an adversary. You've been dealing with a tough manager at work. You've been dealing with a tough situation. You've been dealing with some spiritual attacks. God said, tell you that your enemy is about to be defeated. He, he shares the vision with them now. And now he says this, though, uh, the Lord will fight for you and stay calm. But there's something that happens between verse 14 and verse 15. There's a private conversation, y'all. I should have said this was for Sunday morning because we ain't got enough time. But let me tell you something real quick. There's a private conversation between 14 and 15. Let me tell you something that happens in 14 and 15. Uh, I know there's a private conversation because in verse 15, we see the God's, we see the Lord's answer. In verse 15, the Lord says this to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. That's what the Lord says to Moses. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get um, uh, to, to get moving. Verse 16, he says, pick up your staff, raise your hand over the sea, divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I want to talk to you about something to tell you about the private conversation. The Lord has given us an answer, but the cry was the cry, the cry was private. Maybe that way, but that's why it's not written in the Bible, because it was a private conversation. Because I want to tell you, sometimes as leaders, we struggle privately, don't we? Sometimes as leaders, we got to have a we got to have a, a, a thick skin and we got to have this public uh, perception that everything is going to be all right. Because in our heart, we know it's all right. But also in our heart, we are humans. Y'all, can we be real about it? Can you imagine being Moses saying, I know what God has told me. I'm, I'm, I'm the leader here. If I if I if I look afraid, they're going to look afraid. So I'm going to take us. I'm going to take a strong stance and say in the middle of the, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, our church is going to be all right. But I'm going to go home and I'm going to cry out to God and say, God, we took a risk uh, starting the church in the middle of a pandemic. Are we really going to make it? I'm going to look at my family and say, you know, uh, for somebody who may have lost a job or something and say, you know what, we're going to survive. God is going to make a way for us. But then I'm going to go out to my car and cry and say, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm trying to do what you told me to do, but it's not working out. I'm going to stand strong and tell my children that God is going to provide for us and we're going to have everything that I need as I stand and say that to my children as a single mother. But then I'm going to go into my cry and into my closet and I'm going to cry out to God and say, God, I'm doing the best I can as a single mother. I'm trying to do it, but it's hard. It's hard raising these children. I'm going to do what I can as a grandparent and say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be there for you. But then I'm going to go cry in the closet and say, God, I'm trying to help my child and I'm trying to help my child's children, but I'm tired. I'm getting weaker. I'm getting older. God, I don't know how this is going to work out. I wish I had some real people that was willing to stand strong publicly because you needed to. But when you get to your own war room, when you get to your own private safe, you cry out to God for real and say, God, I'm human. I'm sorry. I'm going to be real with you, God. I'm a little bit worried. I'm going to be a little bit real with you, God. I'm crying a little bit. I'm going to be a little bit real real with you, God. The bills keep coming. I'm going to be a little real with you, God. I didn't get approved for the loan. I'm going to be real with you, God. I didn't get the approval for the housing. Every time I apply, I get outbid. Every time I try to do it, it's not working out for me. God, I'm saving a strong face publicly, but privately, I'm breaking down. Privately, I'm breaking down. Privately, I'm breaking down. 
I've done all I can publicly. I know how to smile in the public and I know how to make people think that everything is all right. And I believe what you said, but privately, God, I'm breaking down. I wish I had some folk that was privately breaking down. Can we be real today and say privately sometimes, God, we break down. Privately, sometimes the load gets heavy. Privately, God, we've done the best that we could do. But God has allowed Moses to have this moment where he's privately breaking down. He's privately been wanting to turn around. But all of a sudden, God says something to Moses. Why are you crying out to me? I'm like, God, that seems kind of kind of harsh. Uh, he's crying out. He, Moses, God, he says this. First of all, tell the people to keep moving forward. Now, I want to tell somebody they keep moving forward. Then he tells them this. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the see if I had more time, I would unpack a, a simple truth that everything that you need to be victorious is right there in your hand. God is saying everything that you have need need to win, I've given it to you. Somebody type that in. It's in my hand. Moses, I've given you a rod. You thought that rod was just for one thing, but that rod has some power that you have not even tapped into. Now, I want to remind you that God is giving you some power and some authority and some gifts that you use for one thing, but there's some gifts in you that you have not even tapped into. Somebody type it in and say, it's in my hand, Moses. Take what I have put into your hand and use it to part this Red Sea. And when you part this Red Sea, you and your people, y'all go walk over on dry ground. I wish I had some folk that say, I'm walking over on dry ground today. I wish I had some folk that say, it's going to get better for me. I wish I had some to say God is going to make a way. I'm so glad that the people followed Moses and they were able to walk over on dry ground. Well, uh, you know what happens next. The Pharaoh tries to chase after them and the sea closes and all of them are drowned. That's the fans version because I'm going over my time. But all I want to do is encourage you when God has called you to go out there because that's what some of us are. We are between the sea and the, and the, and the, and the enemy's army. And God is saying that if you keep on keeping on, Cry if you have to privately, but don't never give up. Cry if you have to privately, but know that everything is going to be all right. Pray when you don't feel uh, good about the situation. God, call his name when you uh, hear worry uh, creeping up in your spirit. Call on Jehovah and say, Lord, I know you are a provider. Call on Jehovah and say, I know that you are working it out. God, call on Jehovah and confess sometimes you get scared. Call on him and confess sometimes you get weak, but whatever you do, don't stop moving. That's all I want to tell you, people of God. I know that you hadn't gotten to the promise that God have you yet has for you, but I'm way over my time. But I got to tell you this morning, don't stop moving. Don't stop moving. Don't stop moving. We're on our way to the mountaintop. We're on our way to a place that we have never been. I thank you, Lord. I ain't going to stop moving. I don't care what the people say. I ain't going to stop moving. I don't care what the economy say. I ain't going to stop moving. I don't care what the, uh, what the politicians say. I ain't going stop moving. I don't care what the credit reports say. I ain't going to stop moving. I don't care what the criminal history say. I ain't going to stop moving. I don't care what my yesterday say, because God is doing a great work and God has the ability to finish what he started. That's it. I'm done. I'm sorry. I should have kept this for Sunday. Some of y'all got to get to work. It's prayer time, y'all. We're going to pray and we're going to see what the Lord does great for us today. Thank you, God, for this moment. Thank you, God, for this day. God, as we prepare to leave this place, God, we continue to trust you and we continue to praise your holy in righteous name. God, I need you to help us this morning. Look, some of us have taken that faith move. 
I thank you to help us this morning because some of us are preparing to take uh, that that uh, that faith move. And I need you to help us this morning, Father God, because honestly, uh, when we take those moves, when we take those risks and we're out there, we out here now, we out here in the wilderness and we're being questioned, Father God. People are wondering why we are doing what we are doing. People are wondering why we are saying what we're saying. And now just because we face a little bit of adversity, God, people are questioning it. And so I just pray for anybody that's facing adversity, Father God, that you will help them, encourage them, Father God, to keep moving forward. And Father God, even as a leader, if we make a bad step, but we make a wrong decision because we all can, God, I pray that you order our steps. I pray that you get us back in alignment with your will. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. I pray blessings over the people today. I pray blessings over their families. I pray blessings over their decision-making. Encourage them in their mind, body, and soul, Father God, if they just keep moving forward, if they allow you to guide them, Father God, that everything is going to be all right. God, we love you today. We pray you today. We just love you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus. We pray together. Amen. 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 Listen, y'all love you. God bless you. Y'all know how we do it. We back here tomorrow. Same back time, same back channel. Y'all have a blessed rest of the evening. God bless and go in peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Morning Inspiration with Pastor Wald podcast. This and other podcasts, as well as our live Sunday morning service, can be found on all of our streaming platforms and are also available on the new Chosen City Church app, which is available on both the Apple Store and Google Play. We would love to see you in person on Sunday morning at either our 8 a.m. or 1015 services. We are located at 13925 Irwin Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. We hope to see you soon and have a blessed day.